0: Well regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Camp and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad you're with me on the program today. We're going to be talking with Attorney Elliot Harding here in just a moment from uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, not too far away from my uh, stomping grounds. Major decision out of uh, U.S. District Court in Virginia where a, a judge on Wednesday granted class action status to this lawsuit. Uh, filed uh, by Elliot Hardin on behalf of uh, a number of plaintiffs, including John Corey Frazier from uh, nearby Farmville, Virginia, challenging the ban on handgun sales to adults under the age of 21. Now, we spoke with uh, 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 Mr. Frazier not long ago here on this program, uh, but again, we're going to be talking with uh, Elliot Hardin here in just a second. The federal judge did not only granting class action status in this lawsuit, but applied a nationwide injunction. Now, he stayed... That injunction to give the government time to appeal, but we're going to get the latest details from Elliot Harding here in just one second. Before we do, however, you know, there is something else we need to talk about. Biden's America is crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that is why you should call GoldCo, so you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 company of the year, with thousands of five-star reviews, and they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last, and if you call them today... Qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. Now let's uh, get to our conversation with Elliot Hardy the attorney uh, uh, representing the plaintiffs in this uh, now class action lawsuit, meaning it applies to every young adult between the ages of uh, 18 and 20. Uh, taking on the prohibition on handgun sales to adults under the age of 21. Take a look and a listen. Elliot, thanks so much for coming on the program. Congratulations to you, sir. I know it's not a, a final victory, but this is still a very big step going forward.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you uh, for having me back on and for staying on top of this case.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, listen, not only is this kind of in my own backyard here uh, with John Frazier, a, a student at in City and Farmville, but you're up in Charlottesville, Virginia. And this case is of national importance to young adults all across the country. Um, so can, can you just sort of remind folks uh, what this case is all about?
1: Sure. So um, primarily in, it's about a federal prohibition that's been in, t- in place since 1968 um, on the purchase of handguns from federally licensed firearm dealers by those under the age of 21. And so what this suit uh, stands for is that adults, those being over the age of 18, have a fundamental Second Amendment liberty to self-defense, and um, they shouldn't be subjected to such an arbitrary age restriction on access to the quintessential weapon of self-defense, that being a handgun. And so, um the district court in Richmond, Judge Robert Payne, uh, agreed with us and said that the laws at issue are in violation of the second amendment and then yesterday, um thankfully, he granted our motion to certify this as a national class action, so uh, we now represent um in this case now represents every law abiding otherwise qualified firearm owner between the ages of 18 and 21
0: and and that's huge because one of the problems that we've had in the past in challenging this particular statute is that the plaintiff's age out right they can be 18 when they file suit but by the time you know a case ultimately reaches judgment they're 21 years old and the the government says well this case is now moot because they can buy a handgun Certifying this as a class uh, action status that 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 takes that off the table, right? Because there's always going to be 18, 19, and 20 year olds in this country.
1: Correct. Um, in fact, uh, I previously represented two individuals out of the Charlottesville area in a similar federal case um, that made its way to the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, where the circuit ruled in our favor. But about a week or two after the decision, my last plaintiff did turn 21, and and the court had to vacate its decision due to it being moot. And so we refiled it with different plaintiffs who were willing and ready and wanted to uh, bring the same style of action. And rather than having to go out and find some organizational plaintiffs, such as, um, you know... Any group, it could have been the NRA or the Gun Gun Owners Association of America um, or several different advocacy groups. We didn't feel like that should be a requirement. Um, You know, it's an individual liberty and and the idea that you can't seek, you know, justice in your own individual name uh, just because of, again, the government's unlawful timing restrictions, um, didn't sit well with us. And so we sought the class, uh, for that reason to maintain permanent standing. And, uh, thankfully the judge agreed.
0: Absolutely. Now, um, the, the next step here, uh, is up to DOJ, right? They can appeal, uh, both parts of the judge's order here. They can, they can appeal the injunction that was uh, granted and stayed. They can appeal the uh, class action certification. Um, and, and do you expect that they'll do that to the fourth circuit?
1: Well, they've already, in fact, the injunction was also granted yesterday a nationwide injunction for this class. But um, about five minutes later, the judge did understandably, unexpectedly grant the stay of the injunction pending appeal. So the DOJ has signaled that they do fully intend to appeal these decisions. I'd imagine they'll appeal the class decision as well. I don't find that that'll be substantively uh the biggest issue um obviously the merits of the case are what's uh, what we really are concerned about and thankfully the judge did grant a motion to add um Corey fraser's little brother justin who just turned 18 into the suit um just last week and so even if the class is somehow decertified or struck down by the higher courts, um, we are optimistic that we'll at least have an, one individual in the matter that should maintain his own individual standing uh, through the course of litigation. Well, I would hope,
0: given that the Fourth Circuit, again, had to vacate that earlier case because the plaintiffs had aged out, I, I would I would hope that that would uh, have an impact on their decision in terms of of keeping this as a class action, because they understand the stakes here. But I want to go back to the uh, the arguments that DOJ raised, uh, the arguments that, that uh, Judge Payne rejected. Um, DOJ says, look, even though 18-, 19-, and twenty year olds can't go into a gun store and, and buy a handgun, as you say, the quintessential self defense uh, firearm, they can they can get a gun through a gift, right? A family member could buy a handgun for them and then gift it to them. There are there are ways that that some young adults under the age of twenty one. Uh, could acquire a handgun. That that didn't go far enough for, for Judge Payne, did it?
1: No, um, that doesn't, no. I found that argument not just, well, it didn't sit with, well with me personally. Um, there's no third party access doctrine to exercising your civil liberties. Imagine any other imagine having to ask your parents as an adult to be able to speak freely or require a warrant or ask for an attorney um and as i argued moral argument to the court who's to say that the parent is a qualified firearm purchaser they might be a felon or a domestic abuser or a drug user they might be the person that the individual is trying to protect themselves from right Uh, maybe a perhaps a very abusive Parent, you know, who's to say they even have parents, right? And so there's there's a litany of arbitrary reasons why that type of argument falls apart. Um, Your fundamental liberties cannot be dependent on some third party in in that fashion.
0: Did the DOJ were they able to muster any evidence that uh, that there were longstanding historical analogs to prohibiting adults? Uh, young adults from from exercising their Second Amendment rights at some point in the past?
1: Not based on age. Um, Certainly, there were a handful of, you know, unconstitutional today prohibitions on firearm ownership at the time, right? Um, There were restrictions based on race, based on national origin, based on a lot of different factors that we today would never even consider. as far as age is concerned, no, at the time of the founding, there weren't any. And in fact, we put forth plenty of evidence that, you know, we're not arguing for anyone less than 18 here, because we did, we assume that, and we argue that adulthood is the is the requisite threshold for fully vesting your fundamental liberties. But in 1791, having just come out of the Revolutionary War, it's not as... <laughs> Those under 18 were the ones that needed those firearms. Entire military was effectively um, built out of folks 16 and and older, even younger, depending on which colony you were coming from. And the founders themselves, uh, several of them at the time of the revolution were under the age of 21 um, when going into war. So to think that the founders expected for an arbitrarily set a uh, standard or restriction on adult firearm ownership had no precedent um, when it came to our founding doctrines
0: yeah and, and it's interesting that they're trotting out the uh, well listen there were laws that disarmed uh, freed slaves there were uh, laws that disarmed catholics there were laws that disarmed all of these uh the, these groups right the, these classes that were determined to be too dangerous and and yes these would be appalling today they would be clearly unconstitutional today but That's what we're going to rely on to uphold this statute. I mean, if it was unconstitutional, if it's considered unconstitutional today uh, and abhorrent today, um, if that's the best evidence that they can muster, I mean, it really does show the weakness of their case.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, In fact, it was an awkward argument, awkward time, I think, during all argument when Judge Payne rightfully asked, um, who else? you know when asking the united states who else didn't qualify as being part of the people that are being protected by the second amendment and his argument was do you think that they fall outside of the definition today because you have to take it one way or the other you can't split it and say oh well everybody who was outside of the definition in 1791 is today but these people aren't it was uh they had to take that position and i wouldn't i i don't pity them but for having to argue it but part of me you know understands that that's a that's a tough that's a tough stance to have to take especially when in theory you're representing united states of america which is supposed to be protecting your civil liberties
0: that's right absolutely um so so what's the next step for you in this case elliot
1: um literally today uh gonna be filing some follow-up documents with the court. Um, we, I would expect within the next couple of weeks, the DOJ will file their notice of appeal um, after a final judgment is entered. Um, there have been final orders, but there's a, one final judgment that has to go in before um, the appeal can be submitted. And then we'll just start the clock to the Fourth Circuit. I'm hopeful that the Fourth Circuit will just take this case on banc, meaning all 15 judges will hear it, rather than us having to go to a three-judge panel first. Um, That will hopefully expedite this process so that it doesn't drag on unnecessarily. Um, And I'm optimistic that they'll do that because they did already consider it once in the Hirschfeld case. And now that we have a nationwide class, it should, raise it to such a degree of importance that they would uh, hopefully grant it just being a one-time full circuit hearing. Yeah. That's our hope. All
0: right. Well, fingers crossed that uh, that is indeed the case. We'll be uh, following up with you again uh, in, in the near future because, yeah, we are going to keep a close eye on Fraser v VEATF. Uh, but, again, congratulations on an important victory. Uh, and we'll see what DOJ has to say going forward. But, uh, Elliot Harding, thank you so much for coming on the program today. I appreciate Elliot joining us on the program and uh, looking forward to giving you more details here in the very near future about Fraser versus ATF. Right now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a, a case out of Los Angeles. Suspect in a South Los Angeles crash that killed three Uber passengers was out on probation for attempted murder. Yeah, that's right, and now facing even more serious charges. The uh, suspect, according to ABC7, 31-year-old Gregory Black, now facing three counts of vehicular manslaughter after a, a two-car crash this past weekend. Black also faces allegations of two or more prior felony convictions as well as uh, aggravated circumstances of great bodily injury. According to uh, DA George Gascon's office, Black pleaded not guilty to his arraignment on Tuesday. He's due back in court next week. Uh, according to... Uh, Los Angeles Police Detective Ryan Moreno, Black, is a, quote, well-known local gang member, and at the time of the accident was serving a five-year probationary sentence for attempted murder. Moreno said that the Black's past includes 11 felony bookings as well as three prior convictions, adding that uh, Black had two strikes against him, including a, quote, super strike under California law, which raises the question, why on earth was he given probation for attempted murder? Well, the answer might lie in uh, George Gascon's sentencing policies, although the DA so far has uh, remained pretty tight-lipped about this. The uh, uh, DA's office statement says that Black was placed on probation, quote, following a careful review of the evidence in that case. Well, if the evidence was enough for a guilty plea, for attempted murder, then why wasn't the evidence strong enough for, I don't know, any time behind bars, especially given Mr. Black's previous criminal history? Again, don't know the answer to that question, but again, I suspect that uh, something, uh, a lot of it has to do with um, the guiding philosophy and ideology of the head of the L.A. District Attorney's Office, George Gascon. Today's Armed citizen story from Nashville, Tennessee, where uh, police say no charges have been applied in a a shooting at an auto shop in uh, Antioch. The uh, Nashville Metropolitan Police Department investigating that case started uh, apparently uh, Wednesday night, according to the uh, uh, Metropolitan Nashville Police Department. A 33-year-old man drove to uh, a Valvoline Instant Oil Chain Station around 11.30 Wednesday night and asked if uh, somebody could help him put air in one of the tires in his car. No one was around to assist him, so he started using the hose himself. One of the employees of the shop, uh, Terrence Smith, 22 years old, told the man he's not allowed to do it and then took the hose away from him. The uh, man began arguing with Smith, which prompted the manager, 32 year old to Brooklyn Key, to instruct the man to leave. The man then punched Smith in the face. Uh, Smith pushed the man back. That's when a fight began. Police say that the manager then retrieved a pistol from his vehicle, returned to the two men who were fighting. The employee pushed the man into the driver's seat of the car and then turned to walk away. Like, okay, you're in your car. You're done. Get the hell out of here. That's when the man grabbed a gun from inside his vehicle and started firing. The employee was hit in the arm and the hip. And when the manager saw this, he fired one shot at the man, striking him in the head. The uh, man pronounced dead at the scene. The customer, excuse me, the employee of the store transported to the hospital listed at uh, last report in stable condition Uh, The uh, police department reported that the man's gun was taken from the scene by an unidentified man after the shooting. So apparently somebody just strolled up, took the gun, and then walked away. Uh, So far, no charges have been filed. Self-defense claims are being investigated. Uh, But right now, if the evidence uh, is as the narrative suggests, this would be a clear-cut case of self-defense. So we will uh, keep our eyes on the story, bringing more details as they become available. Finally, today, our good deed of the day in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing in Pennsylvania. Neighbors who helped to rescue a Pennsylvania woman from her burning home. This was in a coal township. 18 year old Curtis Lar is uh, being hailed as a hero after he ran to the woman's rescue and was uh, able to save her life again from that uh, burning building. New York Post reporting uh uh, lars said it was just surreal like all in the moment i don't know i was just running i didn't have any shoes on i was just trying to help the lady he grabbed a uh, ladder nearby handed it off to neighbors who placed it against the back of the home where the woman was trapped on the second floor lars said he could feel the heat from the flames as he handed off the ladder saw broken glass shooting out of the home he said it was hot i mean in the moment i didn't even realize how smoky and how hot it was back there but it was pretty intense when you're that close to the fire so after running barefoot to the home, grabbing the ladder to uh, save the woman, she was able to climb out of that second-story window, down the ladder to safety, apparently covered in ash from the blaze, taken to a local hospital, but she is expected to be okay. Lar said uh, her hair was burnt off. She was, again, covered in ash, but um, no life-threatening injuries, thankfully, uh, because of the quick thinking and the fast actions of the woman's neighbors, uh, starting with 18-year-old Curtis Lar in the right place, at the right time, we'll then able to do the right thing. We thank you very much, and a uh, tip of the hat, tip of the hat to that young man. Now that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, I will not be with you next week, but we'll pick things back up again in just a few days. Uh, we will have the latest Second Amendment news and information still posted at bearingarms.com in my absence. So I would encourage you to check out the website. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP or VIP gold member. Just go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code gunrights, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. News stories and analysis of the matter, just like the support that you've provided. So thank you again. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, until we talk again, be well, be safe and be free.